Welcome to the Align Nutrition Podcast, a place where eating doesn't get in the way of living. We use science and psychology to move past the challenges you face while healing your relationship to food. I'm your host, Erica Drury, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. For the past 10 years, I've been helping people like you find a happy medium of flow and balance with eating. If solving these issues were easy, you would have figured it out already. Expect to learn a new way. Each week, you'll hear trainings, listen in on mini coaching sessions from people on your same path, and learn from other guest professionals. I'm so glad you've joined me. Hey there, welcome back to the Align Nutrition Podcast. Today with me, I have a special guest, and I want to let her introduce herself and what we're going to be talking about today. Hi, my name is Ashton Barrett. I am an ex-macro coach is kind of how I refer to myself in this space. <laughs> I was a macro coach for five years. I built a quote-unquote successful business with macro coaching. Last year, I decided to pursue recovery. I decided to take that brave step and recover from years of disordered eating and chronic dieting. And, you know, in the past month, I've started my certification to be an intuitive eating counselor, which has been really cathartic and fun. (laughs) I know it's been, it's been really healing. It's been awesome. So I've been starting that process and yeah, I'm a mom of two. I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and been married for eight years and I got my undergrad in elementary education. So I taught for a couple of years and that's me. And I love donuts. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh, you and everything that you share on your Instagram and your website and the classes that you teach, like it's fantastic. And I just want to thank you for, you know, stepping into this space. Like not only am I glad that you decided to pursue recovery for yourself, but also for all of the other people that you can potentially impact, even just through hearing your story or professionally, you know, kind of where you're headed. And we'll talk more about that later. But how did you know? Like, when did things start to feel like off? Did you notice you were becoming obsessed? Like, what was happening for you? Yeah. So this is where I feel like my story, I don't mean to sound like, oh, I'm different than everyone else. But (laughs) this is where I feel like I kind of have some nuance to my experience because I don't feel like I was obsessed or I don't feel like I was super rigid in in tracking my macros. I, I kind of flouted or flaunted, what's the word, that I was flexible, so to speak. And I... You know, I would track for a little while, felt flexible with it. And then I'd eat intuitively for anywhere from two to six months. I think my longest time not tracking was probably like eight months. But what always brought me back into tracking was I would gain weight. This I'd gain the same weight that I was trying to lose. Yeah, that cycling. Yep, that cycling. And what was so ironic to me, I think the pieces, you know, I found intuitive eating a couple years ago. And I think as I, they talk about that cognitive dissonance, as I was starting to learn about intuitive eating, I remember reading the book and being like, oh my gosh, this is it. 
mm-hmm. this is it, you know, but I wasn't ready to let go of macros. And I honestly think that I made the mistake of trying to like mesh them together. And so finally, just last year, I just reached this point where I had gained that weight again. And the thought of tracking, it made me literally sick to my stomach. I was having very physical reactions in my body. I kind of went into, was suffering from a pretty bad depression about a lot of anxiety around it because, and I I think it was heightened because I just knew, I just knew I wasn't going to track again. I knew this was it. And so I think the anxiety of that realization and that, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. I know that I need to do this. It just sent me into this really hard place. Yeah. And gosh, if I had to say what like really ultimately made me do it, I just think, I think it was that. I think it was, it was just wild to me. These physical, I had these physical reactions to the thought of tracking again. And I just felt sick. And so, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's crazy. It's like everything was saying, don't do this. You know, we, we cannot go there. And like you said, that anxiety, it's like all of that cognitive dissonance just sort of hit you in the face of this just isn't working for me anymore. And, and yet there was so much that, you know, you had made it work for you for so long and it really did in a lot of ways. And, and it just, it was kind of your almost what your personal kind of like diet rock bottom is what, you know, we call it an intuitive eating when inevitably everyone I work with finds this place where they're like, I want to go there. I don't know what else to do, but at the same time, I just know I can't. Exactly. Exactly. And one of the questions that clients would ask me or ask us in session would be, you know, but what about how do I maintain my progress without tracking? You know, because I don't want to track forever. No one wants to track forever, feel like they're tied to the app. And that was a very common question. And the natural response was because I really didn't, I really didn't have a response. And, you know, was, oh, like, you know, you monitor your habits or if things start to feel tight again or clothes aren't fitting or your weight's going up, then you just jump right back into track and just do it for a little while and, you know, get things back in check. And that question, I feel like almost haunted me. (laughs) Like, Like, I got it again. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah, like existential as a human. Yes, it was it haunted me. It was just, I don't have the answer for you. I think I knew that. I think I knew because what was happening in those flexible periods of time for me where I wasn't tracking, I felt like I was eating until I was satisfied. Like I was eating a a variety of foods. I was enjoying date nights with my husband. I was enjoying pizza night with our kids or... So it's like I... I was doing all the things that like I was supposedly doing when I was tracking. I didn't feel like I was out of control around food in these like intuitive eating periods, but like my my body was gaining weight every time. And I was like, this is so what the heck? It was so <laughs> like I was I was I'm equally, doing all the right I'm, things here. <laughs> yeah, like I'm doing all the right things like why am I not reaching this point and my body not staying there? Because I've learned through these, this nutrition tool, I've learned through tracking about portions and what's best for my body and protein, fats and carbs. 
but I was still gaining the weight every time. And I just think it really became a truth for me that I just couldn't, I couldn't ignore anymore. I couldn't ignore it. And I think for me, the principle of rejecting the diet mentality, I think I had used it all the intuitive eating principles Mm -hmm. and clung to them, except rejecting the diet mentality. And I think that really did me in. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this before, but macros can be kind of this because it it, it was better for me than any other diets I've been. A common common analogy that I give is that it's like my prison got an upgrade. Yes. It's a bigger room. You can (laughs) move around. I can move around. (laughs) I can like, (laughs) yeah, like other diets that I had done were very restrictive, very detrimental to me mentally and physically, you know, in hindsight, I knew that. Mm -hmm. And so when I started hearing about macros and, oh, I can, I can fit in ice cream and like, I can eat these things and this is amazing, you know? And then it sounds like it goes with everything. Like it's sensible. I can do it in moderation. Like it's like the perfect blend. Yes. Or so I thought. <laughs> it's so right? I, exactly. I think it's like that. It's like we all get this information and you really, I do think your story is unique in that. Not that like no one else has experienced what you have in that way, but I think, and this is where I have a lot of admiration for you as well. What you were dealing with is almost like when I've been working with people for a while and we start to pull away that rejection of the diet mentality, we find these little subtle ones little tiny ones that are almost like these little conditional statements that are like tucked under the big stuff. So you're like, I'm not starving myself. I'm not rejecting food groups. I'm not not doing these things. And it feels so reasonable. But then at the end of the day, you just started to really outgrow it in a lot of ways. That's really such a good way of saying it because that's what I think it was. I think macros tracking my macros provided me with this opportunity to see food more objectively, to kind of, oh, it's okay for me to eat these foods. I can eat more. My body needs more. I think that was another part, another piece of my experience that kind of felt really confusing to me. And I think is for a lot of people is this concept of like, I don't know if it's okay for me to talk about like this. Okay. Like reverse dieting is something kind of in the macro world, this idea of like, okay, it's only for a little bit of time that you're in a calorie deficit and then you can reverse and increase your calories and eat more food. Like this is great. Yeah. So I used to kind of cling to that. This is amazing. This is awesome. And then it's just like you said, over time, as you start to peel back the layers, you just kind of see more and you recognize oh, wait, this thing that was so amazing and wonderful and and amazing for me for so long that worked for so long really has some really complicated, hurtful, harmful things about it. And I, I say that intentionally, and I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings by saying that, Cause I used to feel that way when people would use that language around tracking macros, like that it's hurtful and it's harmful, but it's just working under this paradigm of weight management. Yep. And that was what I think crushed me ultimately. Yeah. You was were trying to exist below 
where your body wanted to be and how confusing to be you in that experience and and how much that must have increased distrust in your body and yourself of like, hey, when I was you know, not tracking for a while, I gained weight where I'm sure there was a part of you that was thinking to yourself, I really wasn't eating all that differently because, you know, my macro tracking wasn't that far off from, you know, whatever, but it just was enough of that. Like, you know, like you said, that kind of weight management where it really was going from, you know, weight to behaviors rather than behaviors and letting your weight be the outcome. And that what was like sort of guiding you and that (laughs) that's like a bit fearful, like you're at war a little bit. Yes, definitely at war. And I think kind of an intricacy of it too, was even though I was eating more, it also very much tied to like my exercise and my like, because a lot of people, I was very active and I had probably a very, I have a very compulsive relationship with exercise and fitness, but people would always say, Oh, like you're eating so many calories. Like, this is amazing. Like you're the unicorn of macros. Like you get to eat so much. And that always bothered me. And I never really understood why that bothered me so much. And I think in hindsight, it was because, oh, but I love eating this much. I don't want to stop eating this much. So I have to keep doing X, Y, and Z, working out this much, doing this, because I think I almost felt like I wasn't eating enough. There was just this like scarcity mindset. You know, when you get into these specific numbers and like maintenance and it creates a scarcity mindset, even though you're eating more food, like I don't want to let go of not eating that much food. And so I'm going to do what it takes to maintain that, you know, I've worked with so many people that have that same mentality where it is, it's like, okay, well, I'm working out this much. So then that earns me, you know, this much. And then this much, and you feel like you do, you feel like you have the best of both worlds. And, and I don't know about you and same, I I would say the same disclaimer that I really just, I don't have anything against, you know, anyone who has, you know, journeyed this journey and, you know, you do the best with what you have. And I've had a lot of clients where, like you were saying, like macros is actually a bridge to them finding, you know, where they're supposed to end up. And maybe it took them out of a place that that wasn't as good. And of course, there's other people that might have experiences where, you know, it drove them to the edge and it's, but, you know, either way, just tons of compassion for, for the real people that, that are in this. And I think, I think it becomes this idea of where's the edge that you hit, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, where you're looking at this kind of like, like for you, it was like that it was really, you were suppressing your weight and where your body really wanted to be. For other people, it might be that the actual macros are less than their body needs, or maybe the macros aren't working out in a way where maybe the protein is so high that they can't choose anything for a snack besides egg whites and protein powder. You know, it's like making it more like real for real life. But yeah, it's like these adjustments and reckonings. (laughs) Yes, it's so funny. You said it for me. If I had to pick, I was like, as you were asking the question of what drove me to the edge, Mm -hmm. if I were to pick one of the things that did, it was the protein. I, I think I always had an issue with this outrageous amount of protein that we were kind of told to have, you Mm -hmm. know, and just all these things that were 
told about protein and the science behind it. And it's astronomical. Yeah. And it's really not realistic. And I think stuff like, you know, I used to tell clients, I used to say, oh yeah, just like double your protein for your meals or, you know, have an extra protein shake. Like, I mean, I was drinking like two to three protein shake straight. Oh my gosh. Protein, (laughs) say that 10 times fast. Protein (laughs) shakes like two to three times a day in order to hit my protein. And there are so many intricacies that I could get into, but especially I started to see the disparity. Is that the word? The disparity between women in lower that are in smaller bodies versus women in larger bodies and the approach that they would have to take to reach their goal under this macro paradigm tracking. And it just really started to be unethical to me. It really started to be, this doesn't seem fair or logical mm-hmm. or like it makes much sense. And the protein was one of those things for me. I, it almost created this fear around losing muscle mass. You know, I was, Absolutely. I've heard I, that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like this fear of losing progress and the terminology that was used around women in different bodies. I don't want to be harmful, but can I say like terms like, like skinny fat or, you know, like these terms just really started to like make my skin crawl. And it was like, now not only is being in a larger body, not okay, but also being in a smaller body. That's not like lean and tone is not okay. So it's like, what are, what's what's going on here? And I just think it was just starting to bombard me. You're probably listening because you want expert help changing the way you think about food. If you're tired of piecing together random information and doing this alone, we have everything you need in Realign Community, where for only $79 a month, you get live support from me, weekly calls, videos and worksheets, a community Facebook group, and email support so you can figure out where you're stuck and take action. You can check that all out at realignedcommunity.com. Well, and it's like, I think, you know, a lot of people who might be listening to this too are thinking about, you know, either how macros impacted them and where they're at now, or maybe it's even, you know, they're actively trying to think about whether, how can I, how can I move? And I think about for you of, okay, what led you into it and what, what you kind of did was, Hey, I think if I can do intuitive eating and also know that my weight is managed, like that is the ultimate awesome deal. That's the package deal that I'm looking for. And so then when you're starting to move out of it, you're afraid to let go of that. You're like, okay, I'm into this intuitive eating thing. I can see there's reasons, there's a level of spontaneity. There's kind of some ethical things around, you know, my body shape and size. I don't see like, you know, all bodies being, you know, respected and treated as, you know, they're, they're naturally supposed to be but I'm afraid to let go of that. I'm afraid to, you know, gain weight. I'm afraid to leave the safety of if I stop tracking, how will I know what to eat? You know, and it's so scary. What would you say to someone who's in that position? Like what, what should they think about or how should they maybe frame it to themselves? Mm -hmm. You know, the number one thing that helped me was, was circling back to why it wasn't working. Because when I would walk myself through 
how it was affecting me mentally. I mean, I, I really think that the mental piece of it for me was really what drove me to the edge. But I would say circle back to your reasonings for even being curious, you know, reminding yourself when you have the thoughts of, oh, but that diet worked for me this one time, or I'll just do it for a little bit. It's not that big of a deal. I would say, first off, those thoughts are going to happen. Absolutely. Like, I remember feeling like, but I still want to lose weight. Yep. I still want my body to look a certain way. And I felt that way for the first few months. I had times where I'd pull the app out and be like, I can just do it for just a few months, you know, just to tighten things up. It's not that big of a deal. And it was really helpful for me to label that brain. So I know some people, you know, I don't don't have a, a diagnosed eating disorder in retrospect. You probably could have diagnosed me with one in college, but uh, (laughs) so I don't have a diagnosed eating disorder, but I saw that terminology, like your eating disorder brain. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's a really good way to think about it. And so I started to call it my diet brain. And I would recognize that when I was thinking those things or feeling that discomfort in my body, as it was changing, I'd remind myself, okay. This is my diet brain. This is my ED brain, even though I didn't have a diagnosed eating disorder. So I don't mean to make light of that situation, but it was just helpful to like call it out as something different. Yeah. Like I remember you. Exactly. It was learned like everyone. Yes, it was learned. And for anyone in the very beginning, it's going to be really hard. And I think that's what's so unfortunate about this work is that people usually don't come to it until they've reached a breaking point, until they've reached that diet rock bottom, until their give a damn is busted, you know, and they're suffering. They're suffering. And I heard someone say that to a tip I heard one time. I think it was Tiffany Rowe. She gave this tip one time of she had a word for her eating disorder. And then she had like a new word for recovery. And like her word for her eating disorder was like suffering. Uh, like I was suffering. Yes. And her new word, I can't even remember what her new word was. Probably freedom. But knowing probably her. Freedom. Totally. Probably freedom. <laughs> <Badass>. Yes. But <laughs> I remember hearing that and thinking, that's right. I was suffering. Yeah. I was literally so depressed high anxiety, did not feel like myself, all at the thought of having to track again and lose weight. Yeah. Like that's suffering. We don't deserve to live that way. You don't deserve to live that way. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that also really helped me kind of stay the course. And I know it's really cliche to say, but diversifying your feed. I think that is, it's, Absolutely what you have to do in exposing yourself to other people's experiences, different body shapes and sizes, and kind of like, almost like your social media feed grows with you as you're changing or who you want to be more like, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that way of saying it. It was so important for me to diversify my feed and be really intentional about that. I almost felt like I, it was like, I was just protecting my energy and you have to be your own advocate. 
you know, you can rely on voices in the intuitive eating field, such as yours, like, and other professionals on Instagram in the intuitive eating world. It's a wonderful free community that I will be forever grateful for. At some point, you have to be your own advocate. It might take some time to feel that way. It took me some time to feel that way. But I think I reached this point of realizing no one's going to advocate for me. Yep. I, I know me. I'm the boss of my body. I know my mind. I know my situation. And even if my truth feels confusing and hard for other people, for myself, I have to speak it. I have to strengthen that voice. And that's how you get stronger in recovery, right? So that's what I would say. That's so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it's helpful to hear from somebody like you who was not so long ago there, you know? And I I think it's really also important to highlight how you had read Intuitive Eating you had exposed yourself to some of this stuff and how some of these concepts, and I think even about somebody who might be listening to this, sometimes it just has to marinate for a while and it has to kind of roll around with you and be there. And when it comes time, you'll know, or you're just integrating things imperfectly and kind of putting some pieces together. Like you said, you're owning your own truth and making it yours. Yeah. And you know, to that, I would say as well, I think we have to have a bridge for people to cross over. And if we burn all the bridges <laughs> on the on the way over, which I say that with caution, because I understand the importance of making it very clear that there is not a middle ground. And I mean, that opinion is going to differ for different people. But for me, it was really important to be very clear about that with myself because I had been in the middle ground for so long that that was a really important distinction for me to make. But I I love just what you said. It just reminded me that we do, it is cognitive dissonance and it's really hard to learn these new paradigms and like breaking from old paradigms is challenging and it, and letting it marinate and letting it sit for a while. And they say this all the time too. It's not, we don't hate the dieter. We hate diet culture. And I think unfortunately that message can be really hurtfully internalized when you're not, when you're on that, when you're still in diet culture. And I think that honestly, it has to kind of be a part of the process. I think it's just that pain that comes with realizing, oh, Maybe this isn't everything that I thought it was. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm thinking about somebody who might be standing at that bridge and it's you. Where can people find you? What are you going to be up to here in the future? Yeah, thanks for asking. So I, like I said, I'm, I've just started the process of being, becoming a certified intuitive eating counselor, which has been so fun. You can find me at my Instagram is that Ashton Barrett. My website is thatashtonbarrett.com. I've started doing some master classes, kind of playing around with topics that are really important and meaningful to me. I, I came out with a, a stop tracking and start trusting master class specifically for, you know, my people that 
are maybe on that bridge and who are wanting to stop tracking and wanting to pursue intuitive eating for real and kind of make that break from dieting and truly accept your body. So that was kind of a, that was a, has my heart. That was kind of a meaningful masterclass for me to make. But I also have a, I'm starting up body image group coaching programs. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm just going to kind of see where, where things take me because this is all, it's new for me, but meaningful. And I'm so passionate about it and it's important work. And I'm just excited and grateful to everyone that kind of set the path before me. It was a soft place for me to land after leaving diet culture. So wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. And you guys are definitely going to want to check her out. I think it's helpful to really, really just hear it from somebody who has been there and yet it's not all brand new. You know, you have been rolling this stuff around for a while. So in closing, I love to ask people a bit about food. What has been your favorite moment recently when it comes to eating intuitively? My favorite moment recently, I had, you know, Netflix night, Friday night with my husband, and I was craving Jenny's ice cream for anyone that's in Nashville. Okay. Or maybe they're more than just Nashville. Okay. So good. The best. So good. Oh, they're so good. Well, I was craving Jenny's. And so he went and got like a few pints. And I remember thinking to myself, I got totally emotional. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I haven't had ice cream like after the kids have gone to bed for like a few weeks, which if you know me is outrageous. Like I was always about that night time treat like whether it was my favorite cereal or <laughs> ice cream and to just not have thought about it was i didn't even think about it yeah like that was a huge win for me and so that was a huge celebration and i just enjoyed it and ate as much as i wanted and now we've had Jenny's in the fridge for like since then because <laughs> now because now I'm on a kick and so it's just in there and I enjoy it when I want to sometimes I have a half of the pint sometimes I have the whole pint like it's just so insignificant to yep. me now so yep. that's my food win oh it's beautiful well thank you again for being here and everyone else until next time thanks to you for listening Find me on Instagram at Align Nutrition. Let me know if you like this or if you have other topics or ideas for the podcast. I love hearing from you. If you've gotten something out of this, help us reach more people who need this message by subscribing in your podcast app. A nice rating and review also helps us reach more people and is so appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.